Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Hey, you guys, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. All right, we're going into new territory today, I fully admit. I am talking with an amazing woman, um, Jana Denton Howes. You're going to, I think, love what she has to say, but it feels very different than what I've done in the past. So I just wanted to preface it a little bit, explain why I wanted her here and why I want this kind of interview, Um, and then we're going to dive right in. So the topic today is actually sex, and I know that's not food, but we changed the name of the podcast, remember, from Plan Simple Meals to Plan Simple, and weirdly, sex and food and our sort of resistance around them both or our embarrassment or our not talking about them are actually quite related. And on this interview, we talk a lot about just being able to experience pleasure. And a lot of times, actually, with meals, we've gotten so into the sort of act of just needing to get them on the table and wanting our kids to eat and not feeling good in our own bodies that we actually have lost the sense of pleasure in just eating a bowl full of lettuce or um, a, an apple right off of a tree. Like we don't, we don't always let ourselves experience that anymore. So to me, a lot of this is just about being mindful. I want to tell you guys a quick story. Um, I think it's John Cabot Zen who originally taught this lesson and I've heard it by numerous health coaches over the years. And I might've even shared it here. I don't know, but it's this idea of When you're hungry, or even when you're not hungry, just when you're trying to be in a mindful moment of putting a raisin in your hand, picking up a raisin and touching it and putting it in your mouth and, you know, moving it around and really experiencing the sensation of the raisin. And it's quite an amazing practice, like that before you even eat it, you could have all these sensations around it. Whereas so often we would take a box of raisins and just, they'd be gone before we'd even know it. So I think that these two topics actually very closely relate. That's one reason I wanted um, Jana to get on. And the other reason is, is because I'm really trying to help us focus on all those things that matter in making us feel like we really do have this balanced life where we're balancing work and life, where we're balancing kids in our life, where we're balancing our relationships with our spouses and our relationships with our kids. And I think this is a really important thing to talk about as we get into that. Um, We do talk about scheduling sex a bit, which is why I asked her to get on. Um, You can go back to one of the first episodes um, of the Plan Simple podcast, which was with my friend Stacy Martino, who comes from all this with a, from a relationship angle, and um, I think she shares uh, the tip of scheduling sex. So it was great to put in a whole episode of this. That said, if you don't want your kids hearing that word, definitely put on some earbuds. Maybe you already have. Hopefully, I gave you that warning early enough. And. Um, listen in because there's some just great strategies in this episode. And talking about planning, the flow planner is in the hands now of 300 people, which is kind of amazing um, seeing as we only ordered about 500. And we're going to order more because I'm just seeing what an impact it can have on people's lives. You can't order them right now because they're on the the balance is on their way, but they're going to be coming soon, really soon. So stay tuned. Um, you can get a digital copy. You just have to go to theflowplanner.com. I I can't remember if for some reason you get an error page, put a www in front of it. If you get an error page that way, then take away the www. I wish I could say that better on air, but um, it's theflowplanner.com. 
and you can you know grab your copies there or reserve your copies depending on how many we have you can read all about it and you can um, get the link to download the digital version and see what it's all about there's a free class that comes with it so you can learn all about it but i'm kind of obsessed with us scheduling in the things that really matter because it's made the biggest difference in my food journey in my parenting journey in my work journey um, and so I'm just super excited about this. So the reason I'm telling you all this right now at a time when you can't, um, have the planner right away is because I am looking for 40 women, 40 mamas who either already work pretty hard. Maybe you're an entrepreneur. Um, maybe you're transferring jobs. Maybe you work a nine to five, Maybe you're thinking about going back to work, but I think work is going to be an important part of this or planning your next step in work. Um, I'm looking for 40 people who want to spend a year um, really, really, really going, really going, scheduling in the things that really matter and you want accountability around it and you want some structure around that scheduling piece. You want someone else to help you hold space and make time for doing that. If that sounds at all interesting to you. The best thing you can do right now is just reach out to us. You can email Mia at plansimplemeals.com and either I or someone on the team will get back to you right away. We'll show you what's going down. I'm going to start having conversations with people in the next few weeks. Um, we start in not too long, these 40 lucky 40 women, and it's going to be life-changing. So if a year-long experience of really whole like really living the life that you've been meaning to live but it's just gotten too busy with all the things that we do with work and kids and food and whatnot if, if that's how you feel right now then i would love to talk with you and see if this is a good fit because it's a small group um i am you know gonna only take the people that i think are gonna really work well together um, but definitely don't be shy reach out because if this is speaking to you it's very well could be you all right, you guys, let's talk sex with Jana. Hi, Jana. Welcome to the Plan Simple podcast. Hi, Mia. I'm excited to be here. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to have you. I feel like our listeners have no idea what's coming. <laughs> if they're listening with kids, is that appropriate or no? I would put in some earbuds. Yeah. All right. That's what I thought. Because you guys were talking sex, which is just a fun taboo to topic to talk about. I love it. So um, before we get into that, though, let's go back a little bit because you have eventually you're going to share just some great strategies. And I know that all your strategies tie in really well with what we're talking a lot about here, which is sort of planning lifestyle, like the life that we want into our days as I launch the flow planner. And it's interesting because a lot of people think, and I feel like sex is one of those things, that in order to be free, we sort of live by the seat of our pants. <laughs> and what I have found personally is that there's so much freedom in planning sometimes. And personally, sex has been one of those things. And I know that you have similar tricks for women. So I'm excited to hear all that. But before we dive into to all that, tell us a little bit where you're coming from and how you got to where you are right now. Sure. So I got married when I was 17. I wow. was not pregnant. I had I had kids seven years later. Um, but yeah, I got married when I was 17. My husband was 23. And we were grossly uneducated about sex. My husband, I didn't know, had a long-term pornography addiction. I wouldn't find out until 15 years later. Okay. But at that time, I also didn't know much about my body. I don't even think I knew I had a clitoris. I didn't have an orgasm for like a year into our marriage. I was, we were just kind of fumbling around trying to do what we saw on the movies, which doesn't very, you know, work very well for the female <laughs> body. You know, it's so much more performance. You know, you've got the, it's about performance rather than pleasure. So we struggled a lot. We, we fought a lot. My husband wanted more. I wanted it never. And eventually, about five years into all of that stuff, um, we went to see our first counselor. It was a really awkward so experience. So you were like 23? Something like that, yes. Wow. And yeah, it was – no, no, I wasn't 23. I was like – I was 20. So okay. I was like – yeah. What did I say? Five years. Yes. Somewhere around there. Yeah. I don't know. It was a long time ago. <laughs> but, but, and did you guys get married because you were just like madly in love? Is that, is that uh, 
I would <laughs> no, I my parents my parents got married when my mom had just turned eighteen. Yes. And she had kids young. And there was just something so appealing about that to me. Interesting. And so my husband came along and we both weren't really in the space where we wanted to date a whole bunch. Like we were kind of just ready. I was very mature as a 17-year-old. And my parents were still together. You know, they have a, a regular marriage, which lots of ups and downs. But his parents were also still together. So we had a really positive feeling about marriage, which I think I is quite that. rare. Yeah. Yeah. And so we just, you know, we actually got married within six months of meeting each other as well. And it worked out. I'm still married to the I same guy. That. So I love that. It's it funny. I'm actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, wow. But I'm actually with the same guy. So I met my husband when we, we were 16. But we yeah. didn't get married until we were 24. So we were together all that time. But somehow the, the wedding part didn't happen yet. So yeah, I totally relate with meeting that person much. early and not having sort of developed yourself yet in many aspects. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. We we grew up together, yeah. basically. Because my husband was 20, you know, six years older, but he was basically we're at the same maturity level, you know. So yeah. all right, it was, so let's get back. It worked so you, really you well. ended up at a counselor. Yeah, awkward experience. Um, I wasn't. I was not always so comfortable talking about sex. Believe me. So he, you know, asked about masturbation, and I felt super squeamish, and I and I had lots of shamey stuff I had to deal with, but I didn't know it was there, and nothing. Like we we kind of tried some stuff, and then it would work in the short term, but nothing would stick. You know, we'd go to therapists, we spend hundreds of dollars an hour, and go to workshops. I read a million books, but nothing worked. Like I, I could not find the thing that was going to do it for me. And so eventually, because I'd gone through all this coaching myself, I became a marriage coach. I just was really excited about about uh, relationships. And doing something that I still had, <laughs> Yeah, right? And I, but I still, I was still working with couples, but I still hadn't figured it out. And okay. it wasn't until I was just like, I'm going to put my foot down and this is it that I finally kind of figured out the solution that ended up working for the long term. Got it. So that's yeah. cool because I feel like because sex is the untalked about thing sometimes, and I feel like there's other things, right? Like money and weirdly food sometimes, depending on what your backstory is. Um, but but so many people go year like so many people have never been to that therapist, not even the bad one, you know, not even tried. Um, we just sort of come to think this is the way it is. And, you know, don't know that there's a better thing. So I think that's so amazing that at that young age, you guys even sought help. Like you didn't think that this is just what it was. Yeah. Thank the Lord that we did that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where, you know, where we would have been. I'm probably not together to be quite frank, you know, frank about it. Got it. And so, and now you guys have two kids, right? Yeah, yeah. Our daughters are eight, nine, almost nine and 10. Got it. And yeah, we live, live in live on Vancouver Island in Canada. You might notice I have an accent for the American listeners. Yes. Um, yeah, we live by the ocean and, and my husband's a civil engineer, although he is kind of starting to help me in this sphere and, and he's playing a much bigger role in my program now, which is really cool. That is cool. So from all this work you did, which sounds like it's really took over a decade, right? I mean, it's been a while. <laughs> Um, You created these four paths to pleasure. Do you want to tell us a little bit about those? Yes. Okay. So the first thing, you know, kind of a, the first thing I did wasn't the four paths. Okay. But it was really, really important. So I do want to share this with the listeners if, if this is something that you feel like you want to do. And that was to kind of draw a line in the sand that I wasn't going to have sex anymore unless I really wanted to. Oh, I love that. Yeah, because before then, I'd kind of be, oh, it's for my husband. You know, it's been two weeks. It's been two months. It's been a year, <laughs> you know, <laughs> literally. And, and you know, oh, we have to do the guilt. Uh, it's pity sex, guilt sex, whatever. And that is so detrimental to your sexuality, mm. so detrimental. So the first thing I did before I discovered these paths was to say, you know, I literally wrote a script. I sat down on the bed. It was really hard. My husband had a meltdown. I ended up at my friend's house that night. But it was such an essential kind of stake in the ground that I made. And I could do it with compassion. I could do it with understanding for him, you know, him being upset. 
because sex is so related to feeling important and valued in the relationship for men. And but I was still able to say no, like I need this for the long term health of our marriage. So that was the first thing I did. And just to clarify that, did that mean that you didn't want it like that, that he wanted it more than you did? Like, I feel like that's what my deduction would be about a man and a woman. Yeah. So it's not always the case, but this is who I help. I help. This is my specialty is I help women who don't want it and their husbands want it more or kind of are neutral. So yeah, that was the dynamic in our relationship was he wanted it more and I wanted it never. (laughs) Got it. But that's not how, but with these four paths you're going to share, it's not like that. So for anyone who's like, oh my God, that's me. I never want it. And he always wants it. And I hate it. That doesn't necessarily have to be the way it always is. Is that true? not the case right now for me and my relationship yeah got it but there's there's a little caveat there and and I'll share a little bit about that later okay um so that was the first step I took it was very scary it was very courageous it almost cost me my marriage to be quite frank but we got through it and now my husband looks back and thanks me profusely for doing that because he also saw it as kind of a fork, fork in the road experience for us, which led us to where we are now. Oh, sorry. Which is uh, having a lot of wonderful sex. So I'll talk about that a little bit later. But mm-hmm. so the first path is doesn't start in the bedroom. It starts actually the first three paths don't start in the bedroom. You practice them in everyday life. And that is to prioritize your pleasure. So. You know, we talk a lot about self-care as women. You got to take care of yourself, go to yoga, do meditation, eat well. And I think those are really important things to do. This is not what I'm talking about. So what I'm saying is that I think pleasure is like an essential nutrient for women. And we're, a lot of us in our, are in a severe lack, a severe mm-hmm. deficit. And the thing is like pleasure is everywhere it's just you just have to flip the switch a little bit and there it is like for example I was taking a shower this morning thinking about this interview and wanting to be like super good at it and everything Mm -hmm. and I was very in my head and I thought Jenna I gotta practice what I preach and so just for like a second I don't even think it was a minute I just felt the pleasure of the water on my back and it was awesome and then I was like "Ooh, that feels good and then I kind of moved it down to my forearm and then my elbow and then my and then my hand and then and then I was like kind of you know feeling the water with my hand and it felt so good on my palm and the back of my like there it is one minute and it was very pleasurable yeah so you can extract pleasure from your environment like right now I'm just sitting on a chair and I have beautiful sunshine coming in my window and I can really extract quite amount a, a large amount of pleasure from that or I can upgrade my experience so like if I'm doing dishes I can get a nice dish soap or a cushy mat to stand on or you know warm gloves for when I'm doing a walk or or a podcast like plan simple when you're you know working out or something and then you can you know plan every you know, big activities around pleasure and um, they don't have to last for very long they don't have to cost any money but for example I'm going to go for a walk just for pleasure, not for exercise or anything else. So yeah, first step, prioritize your pleasure in everyday. And do you have any tips just as a side to that? Like, I'm assuming these are also people who find you, but a lot of times, a lot of what we do in our work, especially around finding time to make food is just like how to stretch out time. So a lot of the work in my world is sort of opening up chunks of time that didn't exist before, right? So, and it started off so that we had more time to make food, but it's morphed into just having more time to be quiet and not schedule ourselves and not schedule our kids and just like be. So a lot of like this space to find pleasure. But what's interesting I find is that because we've been so busy, like we've just busied ourselves and and somehow busy is like a, something we wear on our arms, right? It's like something that is, we think people look up to, that when all of a sudden we have that space, which is what you sort of need to feel the pleasure, we don't know what to do, mm. right? So like, like, so that maybe someone listening doesn't even, can't even imagine that going on a walk would be pleasurable because you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. You know, 
what I find is I try to show women that it's really easy. So instead of saying you have to have time, I just say, look, don't change a thing about your day. Do do exactly the same thing you're doing in your day. But everyone needs to eat. Everyone needs to go to the washroom. Everyone needs to drive their kids. And all of those activities, there's pleasure potential in them. I love that. Yeah. And, you know, I always say, like, you know, pleasure is productive because it actually raises the level of testosterone in your body. And also it it raises your uh, creativity as well. So pleasure is actually something that can benefit you. It's not like a side thing that you're doing. It's actually like the main event and it helps you do what you want to do in your life. Yeah. Got it. Love that. And it's like dishwashing. Dishwashing was a big one for me. I used to hate it, but I actually like argue for it now. <laughs> I <Yeah>. love it. <laughs> like I have women like, you know, buying gloves. Like they don't like that feeling of the water on their skin or mm-hmm. getting pruny fingers. And so like they never thought to buy gloves yeah. to do dishes with or get an apron. You know, they hate that like belly wetness that happens when you're doing a lot yeah. of dishes on your shirt. Get an apron. So this, we're so we're just not used to making those pleasure pur- purchases either, you know, and but they don't have to cost a lot of money, but they can make a huge difference in our pleasure throughout the day. I love that. Okay, number two, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> oh, no, please. This is great. So the second one is trust what feels good and what doesn't. Because us ladies have an amazing intuition capacity, incredible, but we are so bogged down by the shoulds in our life and by, you know, comparing ourselves to other people that we forget or we don't even know what is it that we actually like and we don't like. And sometimes it starts with what I don't like. That's the first step. And then you can move into what you do like. It's kind of like you have to say no in order to say yes sometimes. Got it. And so I say practice this in your everyday life. What do you want to have for dinner? You know, trust what feels good and what doesn't feel good. You know, my kids like spaghetti. I'm freaking done with making spaghetti. You know, I'm, right. <laughs> I want tacos tonight. Or, you know, even just like, again, going for a walk instead of having an outcome or where a goal where you want to go, just go out and say what feels good, left yeah. or right, and yeah. then have that. You know, I did that once. I usually end up with an ocean view. This time I was like, no, I want to turn left. And so I turned left and I ended up in this beautiful walk by a forest that I forget is just down the road. And it was just an incredible experience. And it was it was exactly what I needed in that moment. So you can see now how these skills that you're going to practice in everyday life will transfer very well into the sexual experience. But the sexual experience, there's some other things going on. So it makes it a little bit more challenging. So you have to kind of develop this muscle beforehand. Yep. I like that. All right. That's number two, right? Yeah. Okay. Number three. You want it? Well, do (laughs) you want to give us all of them? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So number three, now we're getting a little bit more like, okay, this is what, this is what the meat of the thing is about. And number three is connect with your body. So this is is an important one for my listeners too. I think this spans lots of, lots of outcomes. Yeah, so I talk about connection on kind of emotional level and then a physical level. So connection emotionally, I think a lot of us ladies have a relationship with our bodies almost like an estranged friend, mm-hmm. like somebody we, you know, we, we maybe had fondness once of or maybe we've just kind of lost contact with and we're operating in two kind of spheres. And I just say, just start the conversation, just Take a moment if you want to talk out loud or if you want to journal, however you process. I talk out loud in the shower. But whatever works for you, just say, hi, how are you? How's it going? And a lot of times what women will get back is like, I'm lonely. You've neglected me, you know, like you haven't nursed me properly. And then you feel guilt. Oh, you know, I've I've failed again. You know, I'm I'm inadequate yet again in, in another area of my life. So just have so much compassion with yourself when you're doing this. Just start the conversation. I say, just like a good friend, you don't have to love every part of her. You know, it's okay to not like everything. That's fine. Yeah. And we don't want that added pressure to, to you know, I love my body every little jiggly wiggly bit, you know, because that, <laughs> sometimes that's just not realistic Yeah. in our, you know, in our, the cultural soup that we live in. 
So that's kind of the first like emotional connection. And that will serve you very well in the sexual experience. And then the second one is a face-to-face meetup because, you know, is nothing like getting together in a coffee shop. Don't do this in a coffee shop. <laughs> That's just the analogy. <laughs> you know, just meeting up with her. Yeah. And, you know, maybe she's had a haircut. Maybe she's gained a little weight, whatever. And um, you can do this with your whole body. But I find that's actually really hard for women to do. Uh, but I, so I narrow down to the most important area of your body, the, the, the part you haven't seen in a very long time or maybe never. And it's your vulva. Yep. And I say, like, you know, upgrade the experience to a pleasure one, feel comfortable, have a shower, whatever. This is a big moment. Lock your door, get out a, big, a mirror, big enough, big enough light, and just have a look. And a lot of women will get uncomfortable and it will feel awkward and they'll feel squeamish and all those, like, don't look, don't touch shame messages of our childhood or maybe religious stuff we've had to deal with come up. But just be in awe, like in awe of its design. And it's incredible. Just it's phenomenal. I mean, the clitoris has 8,000 nerve endings and men only have like half of that. <laughs> and it's, it's incredible. It's amazing. It's like, look at all the folds and how it's how it's created. And, and this this one act sometimes will just be the the hugest shift for you be the one thing that you just need to be like look there it is it's amazing and it's incredible and think I you know I'm so happy I have something like that that can bring me so much pleasure well and it's funny because I like when you look at yourself in the mirror like your whole body it's so easy to compare yourself um, and get stuck in that and you know we do a lot of work in our world to stop that and to have more loving messages in the mirror but I feel like when you look at when when you're looking at your vulva like there's no you can't you're not seeing other people like that's not something that you're seeing every day so it's like it really is like it's hard to judge that well I have I do have women email me and with like freaking out like I don't know if this is normal I have like (laughs) extra labia or whatever (laughs) you know or I think I have a you know a um shoot what's the name of it when your pelvic organ prolapse you know or you know things look different or is this normal and and they kind of freak out about it so I actually provide when I ask women to do this like one of them for women who don't want to see actual vulvas it's like it's a really nice vulva gallery it's just like little blind lines (laughs) oh my god I love that and so they're really cute too with little like it's adorable and I think she's on Instagram or something and so just to say like look like it's very diverse. So your your labia minora might be like tucked in or it might be hanging out. It They might be asymmetrical. You might have like your clitoris really close to your vaginal opening. It might be way, way like in never, nether, netherland, which is basically mine. <laughs> like, where is it? Um, you might have, you know, a certain, you might be dark color. You might be light color. So there's so much variety and it's important, like, okay, if you really think that you want to go and have a checkup with your doctor, like, go for it. And I've had women do that before, and their their doctors generally are like, yeah, you're normal, everything's yes. good, <laughs> you're fine. Um, but it's really it's really cool, and I don't know if I want to freak your listeners out, but there's there's other steps you can take. That's kind of like the first the first level. Well, and I. I, I'm gonna admit this on air, but the first time I ever took a close look with like a very zoomed up mirror was when I was giving birth. Yeah. So I definitely recommend doing it outside outside of yes. that because I was shocked, you yeah. know. And then I got kind of like intrigued by like what had happened after this baby came through, you know. And it's like it's a mess. Isn't that crazy? So how old were you at that time? Uh, twenty-seven when I had my first. Well, yeah. Can we just like take a moment? Because I was I was in a similar position. I had my first when I was twenty five, and that was the first time I saw it. when she, when my midwife wanted to show me my stitches. That's yeah. when I saw my like that. That's a not a good time. To that meet is your not mama. a good time. No, <laughs> it was like the scariest thing I ever saw. <laughs> I yeah. was like, what? It's so scary. And okay, but just take a moment here. We are grown, educated women. You know, yeah. Men, they. I have a hair. I just saw my hairdresser yesterday. She's got twin boys. She's like they they don't keep their hands out of their pants. Like they're just always like in, in yes. investigating it, touching it, and and we're like, oh, boys will be boys, you know. They just yes. that's just what they'll do. But 
27. You know, that's a long time. And I've had 40 year old women who have, this is their first time. So I think this is such an important aspect of our body and it's no different than opening up our mouths and having a look around or checking out our ear. Like there's, it's just no difference at all. Yeah. Which I mean, I don't even know that we do that, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I feel like we're so, um, you know, it's just all about those like five things that we compare to other people that are so such a fraction of what makes up how our body like gets through every day. Um, it's crazy. All right. That was number four. Okay. So everyone's going to go do that. That's at the end of every episode, we, we share doable changes. So that's going to make that list. <laughs> oh, that's a very practical. Everybody yeah. has to go do that. <laughs> Everyone has to go do that. It's good. I'm, I'm running a live round on my program right now and we're in week three at the moment. So mm-hmm. we're all I actually did it, it this morning. Just, <laughs> just everyone wants to know. I pulled out the mirror. Um, you know, just if you feel like comfortable and you want to take it to the next level, it's amazing to watch your body get aroused. Like mm. it's fascinating because we see men getting aroused, erections, right? But yeah. we never see ourselves have like quote unquote like vulva erections. I don't know. We don't even have a word for it. So we don't yeah. even, you know, but it's amazing. Like your clitoris gets larger, your color darkens, your labia swells. Like it's, it's really it's so um, it's so nice, especially if you feel like you don't work sexually or you feel broken or you feel like you're just not a sexual person, which was me for years and years and years. It's just so nice to see your body responding and working and being amazing. Yeah, love that. Okay, We're, everyone's going to go Number do four. That. Yes, number four. Okay, so number four is I probably should – I should probably break out number four into like three – or you can share a part but (laughs) yeah so this the the biggest thing I think if I was to put you know my my claim on anything is that I really believe strongly that women are the leaders of the sexual experience not men Mm. and our culture has it backwards so if you look at tv media it's the men who like are the knight in shining armor and any like romance novel it's the men who are gonna make a woman have a good sexual experience or a bad sexual experience you know is he good and bad that's what's gonna determine and I find a lot of you know myself included I went into my marriage thinking oh my husband's got this he's he knows how to you know he's had sexual partners before me he's got this he's a guy and he had no clue furthermore he was like educated in the opposite direction because of pornography and so women have expansive sexuality it's it's amazing. We we aren't so constrained to like a narrow box. Yeah. We our whole body is a potential for pleasure. We can even use the breath to to arouse ourselves. We can, you know, vocalize certain things. Like it's it's been amazing and such a blessing for me to take these, you know, last like for three or four years and just explore what female sexuality is and it's really about the, the um, micro versus the macro. So when we talk about sexuality, we often talked about like spicing it up or trying new things or or exploring like, you know, I don't know, role playing or, or this or that and buying a sex swing. I don't know what people do. But <laughs> <laughs> those people over there. But um, that and that's unfortunately a lot of advice you'll get when you go to a sex therapist is, oh, you need to spice things up, which I think mm. is complete. I just, I think it's a horrible, I think it's a horrible mentality to have because female sexuality is in the micro, like tiny little movements can be like ecstasy or, you know, a hand on the back in like a nice firm grip can just be phenomenal. So if, if men are leading the experience, they're not getting you to that place because I believe men are perfect responders. You know, their erections are usually very reliable, like a Starbucks latte, you know, you can kind of like, you know what you're going to get. I mean, some men deal with some, some erectile dysfunction, but for the most part, they're very predictable. Yeah. And they want one thing. They want to be desired by you. That's it. Yes. I mean, our media culture teaches them that they need to be, um, they they should want intensity or excitement or spicing things up. But what I find is that, like, you know, couples who are kind of three months into my program or process, 
men are saying to me, Jenna, I didn't even know what I was missing. I didn't even know that that's what I was craving. I was craving my wife really desiring me. I thought I wanted intensity. I thought I wanted to try anal sex. I tried, I thought I wanted to, you know, have a million blowjobs, but it wasn't that. And right. now I don't care. I'm not bored. I'm excited because it's exciting, even if it's literally my wife laying on top of me for an hour, you know? Yes. So women, take the lead in your sexual experiences. Um, see sex is good for you, not just something to like appease your husband, you know, like guilt sex or pitted sex. Oh, it's been two weeks or something. We better have it. But really see it as, as from a mental, emotional, physical and spiritual standpoint. And I can make arguments for all four of them, how they benefit you. And it's much more about like a yoga class or um, going to the gym than it is about connection. And that's okay. For men, sex is a lot about connection. For women, I really think it's a lot more about their their well-being hmm. than, than connection. So it's okay to get different things from the sexual experience. Yes. And lastly, like finally, we're talking going to talk about scheduling sex. <laughs> finally. Yes. Well, because I think that's going to circle it all together back yes. right, to your. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I um, please, please correct me if I'm if I've already said this again. I just came off another interview. So I, <laughs> I'm not, I don't know what I've said before. But um, we I tried scheduling sex for a long time. Have I said this already? No, you haven't. Okay. So I tried. I, I heard from professionals scheduling sex. Okay, yep. so I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. And it didn't freaking work because I was so anxious. So we would do it mm. Friday nights and I would be like, I would, you know, Thursday night, I would be sick with anxiety because I felt like I needed to perform. I felt like I needed to be sexy. I felt like I needed to have an orgasm. Was my body going to work? Was my husband going to be disappointed? Was I going to be good enough? You know, all of that stressful stuff that I went through. So I like to call them exploration dates. I like you to schedule at least two hours and you need to implore the other paths. So you need to prioritize your pleasure. You need to trust what feels good and what doesn't radically. Mm -hmm. You need to you need to stay connected with your body in the sexual experience. So rather than thinking about what does he want, what is what what lights him up, you need to be supremely in your own reality, in your own head. Well, and can scheduling and, be for you? Like, do you even have to tell your yes. partner that you've scheduled it in your life? <laughs> well, what I find, you know, it's not everyone's experience, but what the women I in particular work with, they feel kind of like a prey animal. Okay. So they kind of feel chased around the house a lot of times by their husband and they feel uncomfortable during the week. Got and it. they usually get to the point where they're scared to initiate any physical contact because they feel like if they start something, they have to finish it. So if they have like a makeout session on the couch and it feels good and he gets an erection and he starts to have that really kind of grabby sexual energy, they, they feel trapped. They feel like, oh, well, I started it. I better finish it. And so what I say is like no sex unless it's scheduled. So that way you get to free up your sexuality. You can be more playful and flirty and enjoy just a really good kiss without feeling that pressure. Well, and if you have kids at certain ages, you kind of need to <laughs> because yeah. you could be kissing on the couch and then, you know, somebody walks in the room. So it's not even a possibility. Yeah, exactly. I know. Where it's funny because I feel like it used to be, well, we used to have, you know, endless, ex I felt like there was endless expanses of time to get work done, to watch movies, you know, to have sex, <laughs> whatever we wanted to do after the kids went to bed. And I was like the Nazi of 7.30 bedtime. Yes. And now Good I for have, you. And now That's I have really teenagers. And it's yeah. different. <laughs> it's, it's very it's different. different. <laughs> so what we, we landed on, and I, I spend a lot of time with couples kind of figuring out the right time. That's just, you know, it's a kind of a trial and error. I found out Friday nights were the worst possible time that, in my yeah. week for me. Well, and Friday nights were so like, that really does feel like you're responding to the media. You know, like I feel oh, like Friday night, like date night, you know, I don't know. I, that seems like I, pressure. <laughs> oh my gosh, absolutely. And for goodness sakes, go on a date night, but take sex out of the picture because you're not going to enjoy the date night because you're going to be thinking about 
expectations, you know, at the end of the date night, like go have fun together, have friendship time and separate that from the sexual experience. So now we do it Saturday mornings. Our kids watch TV. They know what we're doing. They do not. We don't. Like, we're not, I'm very, I mean, look what I do for a living. So I'm very, <laughs> I love this. Sex. <laughs> but we never say like, you know, the, the, the lock is on and we've been doing this for like a year and a half. So they know Saturday mornings, they get TV, they get a good snack and mommy and daddy are in the bedroom and you know, they'll, they, maybe they'll knock on the door and we remind them mommy and daddy are having alone time. And they giggle. Cause now they know. What's oh going my on. God. That is hysterical. <laughs> I love that. And we live in a pretty, you know, pretty small three-bedroom rancher, so there isn't a ton of space. But, you know, look, mom, mom and dad have sex, and they yeah. enjoy it, and it's fun. And it, and look, mom and dad love each other, and and we're playful with each other, and we're physically affectionate. And, you know, a good marriage is the best gift you can give your, your children. And so yeah. here we are giving them the best gift by having sex on Saturday morning. So <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And, and definitely have a lock. Um, I also really like to take, you know, you got to take goals off the table. If you're stressed out about having an orgasm or you're stressed out about, you know, getting wet enough or whatever for penetration, just, just take it off the table. He can take care of himself afterwards if, if that's not what ends up happening. And I say, just set a timer because I don't want you to, I don't want anyone to feel pressured, you know, okay, the sexual experience is going to end at orgasm. So there's pressure to end it, right? Just set a timer. Like if you want to, I we, we go two hours, but uh, if you want to like do a shorter period of time, the timer goes off and you kiss each other and you go on on your day. Interesting. I love that. Um, and I'm thinking I, I have like a, a, a four follow up podcasts that I, I want to do with people who I've run into because I feel like, well, it's weird, but I, I actually think there is. I, have you ever looked at the nutrition side of all this? Now that you're saying lubrication, I'm thinking of that. But I think with lubrication, I always say just use lube, just always yeah. default lube. But, like, but and I, I do feel like we live a very, like in our process world, it doesn't help with all that. No, like, it, it doesn't. Just, like, you know, it's the same thing that causes ear infections, you know, causes dry, you know what I mean? It's like the same thing that causes dryness in your nose causes dryness everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that comes back to taking, you know, connecting Care with your body. Yourself. Yeah. Yeah, like connect with your body. And for goodness sakes, if she needs to pee, let her pee. Like if she needs to drink some water, let it drink, you know, yeah, chug some water. Is important. If, she, if she needs some, a green smoothie, like give it to her. If she needs to move, like let her move. And so rather than feeling guilty that we're failing again, just like let give her what you would a, a good friend. So, and then can we talk a little bit about, um, and then we're going to wrap up, but a little bit about just this idea of that we're enough and that there's nothing to fix. Cause I feel like one of the things I've certainly noticed in myself, um, and I know that my audience has noticed is that our bodies, they just change, you know, and mm-hmm. sometimes food does different, th- like our, we're just different. Like when we're, when we're in the kid the childbearing stage, when we're in the nursing stage, as we, you know, cross 40, like, I feel like our bodies are just constantly evolving. And I think that it's so much more dramatic than usually with our partners, um, who haven't gone through all that. (laughs) Um, and how does that play into all this? Oh my gosh, so much. So I'd say about 50% of the women I work with never have wanted sex very much and then the other 50 they used to but now something's changed you know child having children or I I usually work with a younger younger crew so they haven't really hit menopause yet but um yeah so so just know like wherever you land whatever category you're basically in you're normal (laughs) yeah you're normal yeah and so you know and it's not your fault like none of I I feel like, let me back up again. Our media teaches us that we need to spontaneously like sex. So, so when you look at media, whether it's, you know, all the way on the other end, pornography or just like innocent romance novel or whatever, um, it really is the model of kind of distorted male sexuality because I've come to realize it's not true male sexuality because I start to see men who have really healed and come through and have a really healthy sex life. 
Um, but this distorted male sexuality, and we're kind of just trying to fit ourselves in this tiny little narrow box, which doesn't work very well, just to tell you the truth. Well, and, and, a, lot of, and a lot of that, a lot of the body image stuff that our, my listeners sometimes deal with has to do with the male vision of what we should be, right? Like, which isn't even true or real. Like, it's not, it's not realistic. <laughs> it's not yeah, how we are naturally, but it's like it's sort of a, a the patriarchic view of what our bodies look like. And that yeah. doesn't, that's not true. Maybe it is for a 10 year old, but not, <laughs> not as we've had kids. Yeah. So, I mean, sex on sex, what we see in the big screen is performance, right? Yeah. It's about how it looks and, it, and it, how it looks to a male eye generally. Right. And so when performance is about angles and lighting and intensity and what it looks like, look, performance and pleasure can't exist at the same time. So if you're taking that and you're bringing it into the sexual experience and you're trying to emulate that or like go for that, you're not going to have pleasure at the same time because you're going to be all up in your head about what you sound like or look like. So, you know, one of the, the major messages we get is that sex, the desire for sex has to be spontaneous. And I think you alluded to that in the beginning. And that that's what I find. I do a lot of surveys. Okay, what do you want your sex to be to look like? And I I find like 80% of women say, I want it to be spontaneous. You know, this is yes. some sort of like pinnacle of success or something, you know, that if your husband comes home, you just want to rip his clothes off and and just, I don't know, screw a doorknob or something. I don't know. Like, I don't know what women are looking at. But uh, only 30% of women have that kind of desire. Well, and, and I feel rest- like you can actually find spontaneity in the scheduling. I actually think it's easier, which is what we find in all sorts of self-care. Yes. Right? Like, you sometimes need that to create that space. Which yes. Is all, which is all planning is, is creating a space for something to happen or not happen. But, like, at least you've made the space. Cause spon- Absolutely. Spontaneity with kids is, is, is hard, and it's not actually grounding for them. Yeah. And do we really need to do we is that really what we're trying to work towards? Yeah. And and who said we we're trying to work towards that? Yeah. Who said that means good sex? Right. 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 So why are we even why is that word even in our vocabulary when it comes to sex? Yep. And so you feel like you're failing because you don't feel like, look, I have a great sex life. I have sex every week, sometimes more than once a week. And I never get that hungry drive for sex Hmm. I I really love my sexual experience I think I think of it fondly if I miss it if you know if we if for some reason we have to skip it which we rarely do I miss it I I I wish it was there but it isn't that craving that intensity so I would just say you are enough if you don't feel that strong urge for sex you might never and that's totally fine you are normal yeah i love that okay we're all normal and we're all different that's a good message yeah, for everyone listening right. yeah so and it's not your fault it's not your fault <laughs> and there's nothing to fix that's what i've discovered because you know we have all these terminologies actually gosh if you look i was just reading this great book called um better sex through mindfulness mm-hmm. and she taught in the beginning, there's an in, in fascinating uh, and devastating and sad history of sexual dysfunction, let's call it in, in quotes. And it, Freud did a number on us <laughs> when he when he talked about sexuality and this being, uh, you know, low libido and low sex drive. And, and it just makes you feel like you're so broken and there needs to be something to fix with you. But what I've discovered, because I work with women who identify with this, is that these women are actually way more sexual and and sensual than the entire population is. Mm. But we're just trying to fit ourselves into that box and it's not working for us. So in a lot of cases, we're overstimulated. Like there's too much going on. There's too much. And so we have to come down into that, into that micro rather than the macro. Oh my God. We are, I mean, that's the whole, yeah, that's definitely my whole premise (laughs) and why Mm -hmm. I created the planner is because we are so over, we're so overstimulated. And what I wish for women is that we plan many like 
pockets of nothingness, you know, that yes. space where you could now there schedule your sex into, but, <laughs> or your pleasure or whatever is happening. Cause yeah. we just need that space. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, the job we do on ourselves. So the question that I ask at the end, usually of a podcast feels like a really weird segue right now. Cause it's about <laughs> your favorite meal. So I'm just going through. So first of all, tell people how to get a hold of you. So the best place is my website, janagentonhouse.com, and I have a services tab there so you can find out about my program, 30 Days to Wanting It More, there. Awesome. I love that that can happen in 30 days. Um, mm -hmm. So anyone who this resonates with should definitely go check out Jenna, and we will have that linked in the show notes. And so because we're just recreating this as we go and as we're getting more into planning, I'm going to ask you a different question, which I think is going to be on a lot of our listeners minds which is do you have one tip for how you're teaching your kids about sex oh my gosh Mia this is a whole other podcast it is okay <laughs> okay no let me give you my my biggest tip this is for girls because I have two girls and I feel like um this is just something that I'm really passionate about. And in fact, my oldest, my nine-year-old just had the like, sex talk at school. Yep. And I was thrilled that her teacher told them about their clitoris and that it brings them pleasure. Because there have been studies that show if you talk about pleasure with girls about sex, they're actually their incidences of negative sexual experiences decreases dramatically. So I'm talking about like early pregnancy, STDs, negative sexual experiences, rape, all of that stuff. So we think we have to caution our girls or our boys, like boys are another matter. <laughs> actually. Yeah. Um, I would, I would be very, uh, okay, let me finish with girls and then I'd go to boys. So okay. talk to your girls about their vulva. Um, my daughters, we were talking, I was laughing. I was on my phone. I was laughing because in my program, we have a Facebook group. And so to, this, this week has been all about looking at our vulvas. And so, you know, like someone just, um, called hers, um, Lady Penelope. And so <laughs> I was, I was laughing at that, you know, we've got Miss V in there, Queen V. And, um, I was laughing and my daughter was like, what are you laughing at? I said, oh, I, I ask women to look at their vulvas in my program. And she's like, really? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I've got a mirror if you want to do the same thing. It's really great. So it's an amazing part of your body. And and so I think just talking about pleasure, having them look at their own bodies, if it feels comfortable, you don't have to make it weird at all. Um, being naked around your kids is kind of nice when they're younger because they are naturally curious. Like, why do you have hair? And I don't, you know. Yep. And uh, yeah. so I think just with girls, definitely talk about pleasure. And with boys and girls, um, conversation about pornography is really, really critical and important. And I would say there is a saying, if they're eight, it's too late, but I don't want to freak anyone out. But, yep. you know, it's an uncomfortable conversation to have, but it's a really necessary one in our day and age. Um, just because of the addictive nature of pornography is so c crazy. And it's <laughs> um, everywhere. And it's so everywhere. And and the and the thing is, like, they're probably going to see it. Like, that's just the reality. They're probably going to see it. So the best thing you can do is arm them with the knowledge of yep. what it is and that it's not it's not what mommy and daddy do. And, and, and you know, it's not really what sex is and, and all of that. Yep. Okay. I love that. All right. Because, yeah, the dinner table. You can tell us about your favorite meal, but I don't know. It just doesn't. <laughs> It doesn't seem to stick here. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Jenna, so much for your time. Um, I'm really excited to hear what people think of this podcast because we're, we're definitely yeah, skewing away from our food topic. But I think that, um, you know, everyone listening is a mom with youngish kids for the most part. And yeah, this is something that we, I feel else. like we need to think about. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Thanks for having me. Thanks for taking Thank the risk you. and having the courage to diverge into this topic. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right, you guys. I hope you loved that interview. I have to say, when I did that interview, I was traveling. I was in a hotel room. I can't remember if I said that. But I learned so much. I loved hearing everything that Jana had to share. Um, I just learned so much about what boundaries I still hold that I don't need to hold and just this notion of pleasure and how really even when we teach this and practice this, we really can not feel pleasure. And that's so silly of us as busy moms and women because what better thing could we teach our kids, right? 
So at the end of every episode, I want to make sure that you guys stay in action and do something about what you've heard because we can listen, listen, listen. But if we don't take action, we don't make change in our life. So Jenna shared a lot of stuff that we could do. I've picked three things, three doable changes that you could put into practice. I highly recommend choosing one at a time. If you've heard me talk, you know that, but I'm going to give you all three and let you choose. So number one is prioritize your pleasure. This does not have to cost anything and it doesn't have to take a lot of time. Jana gives examples of just enjoying the feel of water on your skin in the shower or taking a walk because you enjoy it, like not the kind that you have to take because you're getting exercise or having like your dish soap being an experience that you like, dishwashing becoming something that you actually like because you like the scent of the soap, or just enjoying the sunshine streaming through your window for a 30-second period. You guys, it doesn't have to be hard, but I do find that we have to prioritize it for it to happen. So you really don't have to make more time for it, but you definitely have to make space for it. So a doable change that you could do is just set some alarms on your phone, like remind yourself, have some sort of structure in place. So you remember just to stop, take a breath and do something for pleasure. And you could also um, make it go to all those experiences we just talked about. So just be extra conscious when you're washing dishes, what's happening, what that feels like. Does that make sense? Number two is get to know your body. I talk a lot about food and how it affects our body, but I admit I didn't really get to know my body, you know, the part we were talking about in this show at least, until my first baby was born. And that was kind of a shocker, you guys. So I totally recommend this doable step. You heard all about it in the episode, get a mirror out, get to know all those parts of your body. And maybe your doable change is just saying the parts of your body out loud right now, because we very often don't even know that part. And just have a look, explore, go back and listen, let Jenna talk you through it. Um, Go to her website, figure out what more she has to share, do what you need to do to make this happen, but really make a point to get to know your body. I actually have another episode up my sleeve coming soon from somebody who actually helps do body work um, for for women. And I'm excited to get her in here too. She has a, a different angle as well, which I always think the more we can hear, the better. And number three, shocker, schedule sex. So go ahead and block off this time in your planner. You can label it sex or you can have some sort of code word for it in case somebody opens your planner, but set up the ground rules around this and really prioritize this part of your life if it's something that's not happening right now. Trust what feels good and trust what does not and stay connected with your body instead of thinking only what your partner wants. This takes definitely some communication. You might want to reach out to Jana. You can, you know, talk with your partner, whatever you need to do. It may feel uncomfortable, but just try it. Remember, this is just a doable change. This is just a week of effort. And see how it changes the dynamic, what you like and what you don't like. See what you might want to explore next. So again, this is all just super experimental. Have fun with it. Everything this week really shows that we just need to have fun, um, let ourselves really experience pleasure, um, and see see what that's like. And if all of these doable changes, if the last two at least felt like too much, then just go with the prioritize your pleasure one and start there and figure out how to really remember that sensation because I know you had it at some point in your life, but we just all got so busy for it. All right, you guys, I would love to hear what you think about this episode and about past episodes. Something you can do that really helps us at this stage is to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on iTunes. Again, we're trying to get some amazing interviews on here, and that really helps prove that you guys want to hear what we have to dish out. 
and always feel free to send emails and tell us what you're thinking. That's fine too. All right, you guys, I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple Podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, that really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for now.